correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Hello. And we're going to talk some RPGs, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about a podcast of the week, and that is going to be the Order 66 podcast. Yeah, never listen. Ah, no, don't know those guys at all. Which, you know, is an inside joke if you're not familiar. But anyway, uh, Order 66 is pretty much the place to go if you're looking for Star Wars RPG podcast content. Chris, Bill, Dave, occasionally Hooli, occasionally assorted everyone. Great, great show. Been a while since they put out a new episode, but very much worth going back and listening to old ones and just wonderful, wonderful information about the Star Wars RPG. And really good people too yeah yeah really good people so i'll just put it out there bear with me uh, i am super low energy today i have a horrible migraine and have just been dealing with that so you get to hear me like very low energy as compared <laughs> to what i am normally well i appreciate you kind of sucking it up and, and joining me because well we really didn't have another day we could schedule anything anyway no i know i know so sort of continuing down the down the path that we were talking about the last two episodes this is you know uh death in characters yeah which i mean i don't know it it i don't know exactly how it ties in but it kind of felt like it did yeah it, it felt thematic cuz we sort of talked about progression and then the end of characters yeah and i know this can be a controversial topic let's put it that way um and I think, well, I guess maybe that's, maybe it's good that it's controversial because it means people care. Yeah. The one that I keep hearing come up is around like safety tools and, you know, people wanting to set a limit that, oh, character death is off the table. And a lot of people, especially older players. Yeah, I was going to say, I find older players have a hard time wrapping their head around that, but. At the same time, once you actually sit down and have the conversation with the older players, they do finally get it and why it's like, oh, why somebody would want that as a safety tool. Yeah. I don't have a problem. If somebody walks into my table and goes, character death's off the table, most systems that I'm going to be running aren't going to be affected too much by that. It's a little hard to do that with Dungeons and Dragons, but it's also really easy to not kill characters in Dungeons and Dragons. Fair. I think maybe where some of that fear comes from for the players that or, or GMs that are like, what do you mean? You can't, it's because they're afraid of that gamist exploit seeking player. Yeah. Yeah. They're afraid somebody's going to try and pull the wool over their eyes and put a veil or put a, put a hard, you know, stop in there that's going to make it impossible for them to tell the story they need to tell. But the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think you need to be worried about that. Anybody that's going to come out of their way and be like, Hey, can we take character death off the table? 
isn't somebody who's going to be a super hard gamer in the first place. Like, isn't going to be somebody who's a min-maxer. If they are, I'd be honestly shocked. Yeah, to me, if that's what a player's doing, then they're they're abusing the concept of the safety tool in the first place. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a break breach of contract. <laughs> yeah. Because I think the thing is, and how do I want to say this? As a GM, if a player approaches me and says, I don't want you to kill my character, you know, I, I, I'm more than happy to work with them in that regard. But I think the first point that I would make clear in a session zero is if you don't want your character to die, then you as a player have at least somewhat of a responsibility to not willfully put your character in a circumstance where that's quite likely. Well, yeah, I think it depends on the system. Yeah, it depends on the system. Correct. And, and I'm not saying then, then, then you shouldn't enter combat. No, no, no. What I'm saying then is, and we talked about this either last episode or the episode before, about retreat being an option. Right. Yeah, we've talked about retreat being an option. You know. Retreat isn't always, like, as a GM then at that point, if you're doing that for them, you need to make sure that they have a, a not obvious, but obvious to you at least, escape route. Right. No, I think that's fair. Because I talked to uh, I talked to a guy last week about that and talking about retreat, and I said, you know, so he was talking about running a combat that was way over his players' heads, and he's like, oh, I ran him through this Tarask fight, and it was a whole thing, and they almost died, and they, I'm like, well, you know, and the one player was like, oh, you know, I don't want it to end this way, I'm like, okay, but you would let them retreat if they could, right? And he's like, well. Yeah, but the way I set up the combat, it was in an arena and there was no exit. And I'm like, so you wouldn't, like, you straight up wouldn't let them retreat. Right. If they came up with a creative way to escape that, would you let them do it? He's like, I'd let them try. I'm like, in my opinion, if if my players go, we're going to put C4 on this wall and try and get out of this arena, I'm going to let you do it. And I'm like, I don't care what difficulty number it's going to be i'm going to make you roll dice and i'm going to go yeah you did it because that's a creative way to get the hell out of that situation Mm -hmm. and i feel like okay that's a circumstance where i can see that that individual and i have no idea who they are no i have no idea it was a random at the store so uh you know that person being what do you mean character death is off the table yeah but it sounds like that's someone who kind of subscribes to that Gygaxian, very old school GM style. That's sort of how I felt. But at the same time, it was like, it was a conversation that happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh. this is, this is like talking to the guy I was like, this is, you need to rethink things a little bit, I think. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a complex topic, right? And, and I think the other thing is, you know, there are games that take, basically take that off the table. What is it? Kids on bikes, I think has... No character Probably. death. Tales from the Loop. Yeah, it has no have character mechanics death for that. Like it just doesn't exist. Um, you know, it's well, and then there's also like ways to get around. You know, it, there's it. It's a conversation to have with the person that set, that at requested it. But maybe you know, everybody has their own walks, and everybody has their own thing that they go through, and everybody has their own life that they live. And so if somebody requests no character death, maybe it's like, all right, so we don't 
kill a character. Maybe they just, you know, wander off. Uh, maybe we just hand wave them disappearing. Maybe it's a, you know, they're just not around anymore and we don't describe what happened to them. Yeah, those are potential things. I mean, yeah. it, it all depends on if the person's comfortable with that. You have to have that conversation and be like, hey, are you going to be cool with this? Yeah. But it's, it you know, it's all just, you know, wh when it comes to tabletop RPGs, it's one of those things where it's like, you just have to think a little bit. And I'm sure you can come up with something that is a legitimate, legitimate way to deal with the issue at hand. Mm hmm. Like I said, if somebody's coming to you and saying, hey, I don't want to deal with character death. I don't want to deal with like my character or named characters dying. There's probably a reason for that. It's not just because they want to screw you over as a GM. It's because they have some, you know, personal experience or life things that they just don't want to address while playing these games we play to escape reality. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's one that, I'll be honest, as a player, I just don't feel that way. No, I, I'm the same way, but I also haven't gone through something that would make me feel that way. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think the thing is, though, I think, too, and, and I will definitely raise my hand as, as a part of this statement, if you will, that a lot of times I think we also are way too flip and nonchalant about characters dying in a game. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we just kind of go, oh, they're dead. Let loot the body and, you know. Now, that being said, I've also said even recently that I look at my character dying as an excuse to make a new one. Yes, that doesn't mean that I don't necessarily, well, I don't want to say I don't care, but it doesn't, impact me right i think the thing of it is is that if you really want to build a new character i'm sure you could like most reasonable gms will be like oh yeah sure whatever man you want to make a mm -hmm. new character we can figure out a way to squeeze you know this character's not working for you anymore or you know and I, a lot of times yeah character death is like an involuntary you know having to do that but i don't know i think in that case it would be more so like if you're in combat or you're doing a bunch of stuff and you're like, man, I'm sick of this character. Like, I, I don't like playing this character anymore. There's no reason to make yourself miserable. Right. But that's how, you know, you get with your GM say, hey, look, I, I kind of want to go explore something new. Can we get this character out of the story somehow? Right. Exactly. You know, and I, and I think it's. I said, I think, and, and maybe that's the thing. And I wonder if honestly, that's what bothers maybe some of the people who might say they don't want character death. It's not so much that their character died, but that it's that their character died and no one actually seems to care. Right. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I'm I get just that. theorizing here. No, I, you know. I get where you're coming from with that. I also, you know, I have friends that are majorly attached to fictional characters. And, and, you know, people that, how do I want to word this? Um, I find that some neurodivergent people get really attached to, uh, fictionalized characters as again, that's escapist part of it. Uh, I'm not making a, a blanket statement about neurodivergent people, just, just an observation amongst some of my friends. 
And mm-hmm. I know for them that they get very upset if a character that they care about dies. And it, it's almost as though they lost someone personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that is another reason why somebody would come to me or come to a GM and be like, hey, look, I don't feel comfortable with character death because they get attached to fictional characters too much. And that's fine. You know, you live your life, you do what you need to do, and we can make accommodations. And so that that changes things almost entirely because it goes from I'm attached to my character. I don't want to lose my character, but also these some people get attached to like NPCs or other characters in the game and don't want to have to deal with that. And that's why they might come to you and go, hey, please don't kill, you know can we take character death off the table? So like a named character dying would be, you know, awful. It'd be like losing somebody they're attached to. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's when you have to sort of make your concessions. And it's like, okay, we can do that. We can figure out a way to not kill these characters. And that doesn't mean you don't have stakes. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, if character death's off the board, then there are no stakes. That's not true. Yeah, it may require you to really explore some other tools to use in your storytelling. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. You have to genuinely do some, like, yeah, you might have to wrap your head around it a little bit. I'm sorry. Sometimes GMing is not easy. (laughs) It's just, just the, you know, and I don't mean that to be rude, and I'm not saying that as an insult to anyone, but I just mean that, like, Sometimes when, you know, sometimes this stuff is not easy and sometimes we have to think about it. And that's why you just like always have the ability to go, hey, guys, I need a a break. I need to step away. I need to do this, you know, just to get out of the mindset. Yeah. And maybe get yourself in a better mindset. Yeah. Or just time to think. Right. Right. You know, it's I mean, I think. You know, sometimes as people who GM, we sort of forget that we are sort of the sometimes self-appointed like referee of this activity that we're doing with our friends. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, if this is an issue that someone has because of some life experience, then they're your friend. You should give a damn about the fact that that bothers them. Or even if they're strangers, you should have enough empathy to give a damn that that bothers them. Yes. Like, yes. I, I, I don't mean it to say to be rude, but that's just, a, just you know, my opinion is that, like, even strangers deserve some empathy. Right. And I, I don't think you're wrong there. And that, you know, gets to a point, too, though, like, if you sign up or if, if someone signs up to a Morkboard game at a convention and wants to say, oh, I want character death off the table, I think as a GM, I'd have to you know, have a conversation with them and say, look, I I appreciate what you're saying. I think, you know, your sentiments are valid. However, I don't know how realistic that's going to be. I don't think that fits with the structure of this game that you signed up to play. I think you'd be better served to find a different game to play. And if there's a con marshal or something like that, try and hook them up with something different. Yeah, I could, I could get that. I I could get that. I think that's a conversation to have at that time. But again, that's a bridge to cross when you have to cross it. Right. And I I think that's a little bit of an edge case, but in a convention environment, you might get something like that because you may have someone who just, well, 
that's a funny looking name. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that doesn't know what it is. Somebody. I mean, I had people when we were at Gamer Nation Con, I had people sign up for my game, didn't know what it was. Right. Okay. That's you're going to get that. That's just how it is. It's then your responsibility to sit down and explain to those people, hey, this is what this game is. If that's not what you're looking for, you know. Yeah, I think. And this is why, be it session zero for for your home or, you know, public games is, you know, campaigns, whatever, and is very important. And why, as a GM at, you know, a, a convention or, you know, a, a session you run at your local game store, it's important to have some sort of, you know, okay, this is what this game is about. This is what you can expect from me. This is what I expect from you. I I have gotten to this point where the first half hour of most con games that I run is basically a mini session zero. Mm-hmm. I have four hours. I basically time myself out to three and a half when I'm prepping my games. Assuming I have four hours, I time myself out to like, and it's not even three and a half. It's more like 320 because I like to be wrapped up about 10 minutes early so that the next person can get to their spot. And, mm-hmm. You know, I'm out of the way at that point. But I uh, I do. I like to take that that first bit of time and go over, you know, this is what the game is. Does anybody have any hard lines? Does anybody have any, you know... Anything you don't want to see in this, you know, go over the safety tools, talk a little bit about my experience, get them prepared for the type of game I'm going to be running. It's it's a whole thing. And I, like I said, I like to take that first half hour of my slot and do that. And then we'll mm-hmm. play for three hours and 20 minutes. And I'll be wrapped up by, you know, about 10 minutes early. And I usually do that. And the reason I do that is just because I know I hate when I get to a spot at a con and I'm like, okay, it's time for my game. And the table's still full. Mm-hmm. And they're packing up when I'm trying to set up. And it's just a mess. It's a courtesy thing that I do. But I'm sure other people tell you, you know, oh, that's not necessary. Just make sure you're wrapped up on time. But I, I don't know. <laughs> it, being courteous. I mean, if nothing yeah. else, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I always um, take that little extra time. Because you don't get a session zero to con. Right. I mean, unless you unless you get one of those rare con games where it's like part one and part two. Mm-hmm. I haven't done one of those yet. I, I was looking at maybe doing something like that for uh, GNC this year. I was telling you a little bit about that idea. Mm-hmm. And I think I might end up running it in multiple parts. <laughs> Fair. Um, but I think to, to, to go back to the death thing, you know, more specifically. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I th- no, no, no. It, it, we got there in a way that made sense um but i think you know i think it's also on gms unless you're playing you know some sort of like osr funnel type thing where that's half the point well yeah you're not unless you're playing viking death squad yeah i mean but and in that case i think you know the the players should be coming in with the expectation that several of their characters may die yeah and i think at that point it becomes, I think it, it, there should be something at least mildly amusing about the death. Yeah. You know, I, part of the fun and not to jump in on an old conversation, there was a conversation on a discord about OSR and its appeal and some of that. Part of that fun is like a lot of OSR games are just, you know, these 
meat grinders that you end up laughing the entire time. Mm-hmm. And part of the fun of that is just that, oh, it's a meat grinder. You're you're not getting attached to these characters. You're not spending time actually making a backstory for a Morkboard character. I mean, right. if you do, you you if you do, that's fascinating. And I would love to talk to somebody that has spent time making a backstory for a Morkboard character, knowing full and well that first time at the table you're gonna lose that character (laughs) (laughs) well but i think like we talked about it with cyborg which is the cyberpunk cousin of morkborg that it's a game that feels like it wants to be played at 110 oh yeah no they all do and most of those osr games are meant to be played at like full throttle and to not back off that's mm-hmm. how they wanted you to run dungeons back in Dungeons and Dragons back in the day. It was supposed to be played at like full, full pace. And that's why rounds are so many seconds. That's why combat turns last this long. They wanted to get a sense of speed and it's sort of been lost. But yeah, well, but I think like the thing with Morkborg to, or Cyborg to me is that it's go big. And if it doesn't work, go out with a bang. Yep. And that's kind of the point of the game. But I think where I was kind of go, trying to go here. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I distracted myself. Is more that, what do you want to say? Um, in, a, in, in your, be it Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, Cyberpunk Red or, or whatever campaign game that you're playing. I think both as a GM or if you're a player, don't take the death of a character as just a like a turning a page, right? Make right. it mean something. Oh yeah. You know, oh, even yeah. if it's just you go into a store that you've been in before and the shopkeep asks the crew, Hey, where is so and now so. deceased character? Yeah. You know, don't just turn the page and forget them. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, this goes too as as the other players in the game, you know, on some level, this band of hooligans that is your RPG group has to have some sort of, of bond as the, the the characters, right? So it would only make sense for them to miss and mourn their comrade in some right. form. Right. You know, do you have to go the route that, you know, we saw some with, say, Critical Role? Well, maybe not, but some of those scenes that even didn't result in death, like some of the um, resurrection magic scenes in campaign one were really powerful scenes. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And the, the thought of, is this not going to work? And right. The questions around, you know, to, you know, yeah, it's, it's, there's some stuff there. And I think that's a thing where, and again, you know, I was theorizing before, is it something where, it's not so much the person doesn't doesn't want their character to die. It's they don't want to lose the character. And I think if you, like I said, be it as another player or as the GM, make sure that even if that character has passed, that memory of the character is still a Brown. real thing. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That might In help. my mind it's not losing the character the same way. Right. Yeah. That might help somebody. Again, that's a, a conversation to have at your table and be like, Hey, counter offer. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
And if they say no, they say no. And you just either, you know, then you have to make a decision of like, okay, I have to actively change my campaign if I want to still play with this person. Or, you know, maybe that means you don't play with that person anymore and go, hey, I'm sorry, but I don't think this is the right table for you. Mm -hmm. And and it's okay to tell somebody, hey, I, I can't accommodate that request. Yeah. You know, if, if you as a person can't do it, then be honest and don't try to like, oh, well, I'll just cross that bridge when I get to it. No, if it's a request that you can't accommodate, then you can't accommodate it and tell that person up front because they're going to have a better time going somewhere else and playing when with a group that can. Right. And I think it it it, it highlights the importance of having at least somewhat of a discussion around this at a session zero. Right. You know, just so that everyone is on the same page in that, you know, as I was just talking about, if we at session zero agree that, okay, if someone's character dies, we're okay with that character ceasing to be an active member of the party. But as a group, we, we commit to making sure that those remaining characters show that they miss that character in some form. You know what I mean? Right. I know what you're saying. Like, I, I, it's kind of a weird concept, and I don't know why it never crossed my mind before, but, you know. I think some of that, like, I get that, because I don't, things don't cross my mind until I start actively thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Like, the podcast is a great outlet for me, because a lot of the ideas that I throw out here are like, oh, shit, I've never really broke it down like that and then actively having to sit down and have a conversation around it has changed hey guys if you want to change how you're playing tabletop rpgs start talking about it more frequently mm -hmm. actually break down some of those ideas that you implement on a you know weekly basis daily basis whatever how frequent however frequently you play it mm -hmm. it'll change your perspective on gaming real quick <laughs> real quick <laughs> yeah and, and just you know like even just us bouncing stuff back and forth. I'm sure there are times where I say something to you. I know there are times where you say something to me and I go, Oh wow. I thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No. And, and getting somebody to talk to that stuff about, you know, sometimes it's on a discord. Hey, we got a discord. That's pretty active. A good group of people in there to talk and, uh, soundboard ideas off of, mm -hmm. you know, I've done it. You've done it. Mm -hmm. I, I know a bunch of our listeners have done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. it, it's, but I think, you know, the, the, the character death, I don't know. I, I like, I've had it. And I think where I got tied into this when we were talking about advancement and, you know, I, I kind of relayed the story about, you know, my very first 5e character was actually headed for one subclass. And then because of another character's death ended up going down a different path. Right. You know, I, I think even if, you know, a character your character isn't per se mourning the death of another character in their party. It could impact, you know, their, their outlook, their mental state, you know, maybe they're not outwardly sad, but are they just suddenly, you know, overly quiet and deter determined? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we all know this from real life, right? Different people handle loss different ways. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, I guess to me, character death 
should be an avenue for everyone at the table to maybe explore some some other areas of their character. Does that make sense? Elaborate a little bit. So we're playing in a game, you, me, and um, whoever. Right. One of our characters dies. I think it's an opportunity for the two of us whose characters didn't die to then kind of explore, okay, this person that I've built is my character. How do they handle loss? Oh, I see what you're saying. How does, yeah, as a character, how do I handle loss? Right. Yeah, that's a, a, that's, for me, I really enjoy doing that. In the few cases, I've gotten a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know in many D&D type games I've played over the years, that's just sort of swept under the rug and not even thought about. Oh, yeah. Well, but. I think that goes to that idea of losing the character. I think that also goes to playing with GMs that aren't our style. Fair. That don't jive. Because I know myself when I run D&D, I've been told that, like, I've had people join my D&D game and bounce super hard off of it because they're not looking for that style of game. Mm -hmm. I, I had a guy join when we first started and he came to me like three sessions in and was like, Hey, I'm going to bail because this isn't the game I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Oh, what were you looking for? I was looking for something more combat forward, you know, more action based. I'm like, well, that's fair. You do, you know, you know what you want. And mm-hmm. for me, I run more narrative driven, more um, like, yeah, combat's there. I'm not saying I don't run combat, but I run more narrative driven and more, story-based, more political intrigue. Mm-hmm. You know me and my intrigue. I, I love <laughs> me some, like, give me a good, uh, give me a good, like, spy-type drama. Serial killers hiding serial as crazy killers. cat ladies? Superhero yeah. serial killers hiding as crazy cat ladies? Yeah, that type of stuff. Or, um, yeah, any of that stuff. But, uh. Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, maybe some of that's, like, not playing with the right people. And part of that was like, and to be fair, and, and I'll, I'll at least defend this back when me and you were playing games and like you maybe a little bit earlier than I was, but you know, the mid 20, the early 2010s and like mid two thousands. And then like you in the nineties, we didn't have the resources we have now to find just pick up games anywhere. Oh, no. Heavens. I mean, when I started playing, the Internet as we know it now was in its infancy. Right. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like, when I was seriously playing tabletop RPGs back in the early 2000s, it's like uh, when I started playing in the early 2000s, I should say, there wasn't like Roll20 maybe existed, but nobody knew how to use that stuff. Like that Mm -hmm. was back when it was legitimately a programming language to learn. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't remember when it was. I remember, now that I think about it, doing a session or two with some sort of online tool. There was always the fourth been... edition online tool that was kind of good and kind of terrible all at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember what it was. It might have been fourth ed. If it wasn't, it was the very, very beginning of fourth ed. Yeah, there was a... They tried really hard, Um Fifth edition and D and D Beyond was a real great step in the right direction for them, but with fourth edition, they tried really hard to make this um, 
to make a, a whole, you know, they had like forums that you could go and post, oh, you know, looking for group, looking to play online. It was like impressive. I remember being, you know, younger and being like, this is cool. And then I tried it. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just because the, the technology just wasn't there yet. Or I shouldn't say the technology could have been there. Somebody just hadn't come along and used it in the right way. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think death is, of characters is, I mean, I think, you know, for, okay, look, it's, I like to run kind of horror-based things. On some level, I need the threat of there being something big and bad and potentially able to squash you like a bug or turn you inside out or whatever as sort of the looming thing in the background, even if I don't use it. And I think, you know, that's going to, no matter how well you, or no matter how well anyone, you know, says they can divorce their brain from that actually not being able to hurt them, it's going to bother you. Yeah. No, you some know, of that, like, <laughs> you, you, you take damage from thinking about some of that sometimes. Right. I, I know what I'm trying to say here, but what I'm saying is, you knowing like let's just say we said character death is off the table what that is on some level going to affect how you approach a game like that and i'm not saying that it's impossible to do but i think at that point you know that's where like you said that that conversation has to be had of or maybe needs to be had of look i i'm sorry i appreciate how you feel about this but i don't think that this game at this table is the right fit for your concerns. Right. Um, because it's like one of those, I don't know, somehow in my mind, the idea that like, you ever watch those videos of those guys that climb cell phone, uh, cell phone towers to change the light bulbs at the top. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't watch those. Um, I, I have I, watched I feel myself of like, yeah, I'm, yes. it's about the point at which they get up there and it starts to sway. And I, yeah, go, that I'm out. I'm out. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And like, even though you know there is no possible way that you're going to fall because you're watching it on a screen. Doesn't matter. Your brain, your it's like back okay. Um perfect example of this is back when film just became a thing, like movies themselves. Mm -hmm. Um how do I put this? Back when movies became a thing, they uh the great train robbery had just come out and so many people like screamed, yelled and ran out of the theater because they thought that train was actually coming at them. It's a, it's a thing we've as humans have always sort of had issues with vivid video or vivid, uh, visual recreations. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a wild thing. I'm not saying it's not absolutely bizarre and fascinating to play with. It's why horror works. It's why scary monsters and horror works. Mm -hmm. But where I was going uh, is that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not to cut you off. No, go for it. But what I'm trying to say is that taking death off the table is going to have somewhat of a reverse effect to that in a game context, regardless of how hard you try to not let it do that. Uh, I think. Or there's a good chance. I there's a good chance. I think there's ways to deal with it and get around it. 
I think you yeah. can still have threat and not have to worry about character death. Um, yeah. I, I think I, it depends on the type of horror, too. Right, to yeah. Because um, a lot of the horror in, like, Call of Cthulhu straight is not character death. It's insanity. It's worse. Yeah. Um, and, and now here's here's one that, and, and I love some movies in this franchise, mm. but the Jurassic Park franchise mm. is arguably survival horror. Yeah. But in every single one of those movies, there's kids. Yeah. And we all know in a major motion picture like that, the kid is not going to suffer significant harm. No. But it doesn't stop us from being terrified that the T-Rex is going to eat the kids in the Explorer. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, I think what I was trying to say earlier is that if you're going to ask a GM to take that off the table as far as a potential consequence, as a player, you then owe, the G, owe it to the GM to not play as if you know that that is not a potential consequence. Does right. that make yeah, you know what I mean? It makes sense. And I think that for me, I think that could get difficult at times. As much as I overanalyze and overthink everything. Yeah, I, I think it could be difficult. You know. Well, do you have any final thoughts on this subject? I don't mean to rush you off, but I would like to wrap up soon. <laughs> no, no. I get it. No, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it we've covered a lot of very thought provoking territory here. I don't know if we've come to any conclusions, but we never come to conclusions. Very we, seldom. Yeah. I don't think there are, I, I, I'm in the firm camp of, I don't think there are solid conclusions to a lot of the questions we ask. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I, death is not the conclusion. Right. Death is not the end. <laughs> Just another beginning. Yeah. <sighs> but with that being said, let's go ahead and move into Game of the Week. Woohoo! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! I have a game. Okay. It is for the fudge system. Oh. How do you feel about Wacky Racers? Remember the cartoon Wacky Racers? The old Hanna-Barbera cartoon had like Snagglepuss and... Um, Wasn't that like a, kind of like an all-star thing? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. So the, the game I have is called Monster Cart Mayhem. Okay. Let me look this up because this sounds entirely too funny. It is um, get ready for a monster mash, a speed race, and a battle royale of monstrous proportions. Uh, you'll race a thousand kilometers of scenic Transylvania, start by dodging your way past rolling hills, maneuver your way through the cliffs of insanity, and fend off gnashing piranha in the scary swamp. You'll even visit the grounds of Ga uh, Dracula's castle. Oh. This is a, a... I I feel like this is a game... Uh, it's made by a company called Accessible Games, which is great. Um, I love that. <laughs> but this is a game that I feel like you could run for pretty much any age. And um, yeah, kids eight to up. GMless supports two to six players. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. I think this looks a lot of fun, honestly. Uh, it's 10 bucks, I think. Yeah, 10 bucks if you want to buy it print and play pdf you can order soft cover for 12 like 
is a great little game. Just a good yeah. game to have in the arsenal. Great family game. Have yourself some Hanna-Barbera fun after that really deep topic. <laughs> I feel like this would be really fun with our Monday night crew. Oh, I think they would have a blast with this. <laughs> I mean, I really do. I think they would delve headfirst into this and have a blast. And that would be, you know, yeah, a great time. And that's my game of the week. All right. Well, um, I found something uh, earlier this evening, and I'm surprised I haven't run across it before. Um, okay. It's called Dark Times. Oh, yes. I have seen this. I have seen this. And the best way I can think to describe it, it looks like take like your kind of classic CP 2020-ish setting and drop superheroes into it. Yeah, how cool is that? Um, and I was watching the video, the, um, there's a video on the listing that explains the system and it's actually, I would call it kind of a mid crunch system. Mm -hmm. It's not exceptionally narrative, but it's not overly crunchy either. It's kind of, I guess, roll and keep maybe sort of. Okay. Um, you basically, you have, depending on your skill ratings and so forth, you roll a pool of dice. Sometimes maybe it's just one, sometimes it's two, anywhere from D6s to D12s. What you do is you take the highest result you get on those dice, add it to your respective attribute for whatever it is you're trying to do, and compare that to a target number. Wow. So That's simple. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually not that bad. No. Like, you know, I've, I've met a lot worse things. Now, it seems like there were maybe some critical charts that got a little more, you know, involved Complex. or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Complexity is not a bad thing. No, not necessarily. But at its core, it doesn't feel like it's that difficult. But so, yeah, this is basically, um, I think somewhere, you know, it, it's set in 2050 something or something. Um, and sometime in like the 2020s or 30s, this doctor unlocked a gene, discovered a gene that unlocks superhuman powers. And so, you know, soon, you know, governments got involved and, you know, the world has since degenerated into corporate dystopia and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, corporations were trying to make their own, um, so to speak, superhero soldiers. And, uh, okay, you know, it, it just, I mean, well, like everything, it doesn't quite go the way it was supposed to. Right. Um, so what this reminds me of, and I'm not trying to spoil this if you haven't seen it yet. It reminds me of the boys. See, I haven't watched that yet. And I, one, I haven't had time and two, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've heard Tom enough that I'm after me for this one, but I really don't like the boys. <laughs> I really don't like the boys. I'm sure I'll catch some hell for that, but I, I don't care. I, 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 I tried, I tried watching the first season. I, I watched that first season, man. I watched that second season and was like, I'm good. I, I don't need this in my life. Um, I really just don't care for that. I think that series is, I don't know. I've, I've described it as too mean spirited for its own good. Fair. Um, I, mean, I think the one line in this, I'll oh, go ahead. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that because I'm like, Oh man, this, this game sucks. It sounds like the boys. No, I, I'm saying that as a concept, it's a cool concept. Mm hmm. Well, I think, you know, the, the one line that kind of caught my attention was this is the world of dark times, a tabletop role-playing game about superheroes in the corporate slum that has swallowed up most of the United States, which to me kind of describes 
the world of Cyberpunk 2020. Yeah, I, I could easily see slotting superheroes into 2020, and that would be a really fun time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think you could really throw some, really throw some players for a loop with just throwing some legitimate superheroes at them, like without telling them. <laughs> you know, just be like, oh yeah, you're gonna fight this. You know, this dude rolls up, he's gonna pick a fight with you, and he's got laser eyes, and they're gonna be like, oh well, I'm gonna look for cybernetics. He ain't got none. <laughs> what Boy. no he's just got like eyeballs there are no cybernetics there i really don't want to think about trying to integrate supers into the artalsorian system though how great would that be oh it, it would be very fun but that that feels like a challenge that would be a big challenge for that engine oh it's 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 definitely an undertaking it's not something i'm willing to do hey you crazy people out there you hear me make supers for artal that would be hilarious. <laughs> hey, our Tao, if you're listening, we would like to talk. But first, make supers for your games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. So like I said, this is called it's called Dark Times. Um the PDF is fifteen bucks. Uh some print on demand version things. Um print on demand plus the uh print on demand hardcover plus the PDF is like fifty six. Nice. So not bad, not bad. No, and it's, I mean, you're talking about just over a 300-page book. Uh, Fair. And like I said, the system feels like it's it's set up so that there is some, some granularity there, but to not be overly crunchy. Yeah, that sounds dope. I, I think that sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. But and with, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, there are also uh, several supplemental books and stuff out for it. Nice. Uh, with all that being said, I want to thank everyone for listening. As always, links to everything are in the show notes. Uh, Facebook, Discord, Patreon. If you're not on our Discord, please come join us on Discord. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Discord, download Discord and come join us because it is a great conversation always happening over here. Mm-hmm. If you're wants more people to talk to than just us. Yes, yes. <laughs> please come talk to InstaWin. InstaWin, shout out. You are awesome. Keep doing what you do. Uh, I have seen more amazing ideas out of you than I, I'd like to admit. Um, <laughs> even though I'm just sort of a lurk, I just sort of lurk. But yeah, if you want to come yell at us, come on to Discord. You can come over and be like, hey, Steve, you suck. And we might be like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but with all that being said, we want to remind everyone to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at andrpgs. Find us on Facebook at meandsteverpgpodcast. On Discord at meandsteverpgs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. for the cigar. Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.